Hello and welcome to the Vijay Himong podcast. Today we'll be hearing about some of the key updates in the treatment and management of CLL from the EHA 2021 meeting. First up, Paolo Ghia from the University Vita Salute San Rafael in Italy is going to give us an update on the fixed duration cohort of the Phase 2 Captivate trial investigating ibrutinib plus venetoclax for patients with treatment-naive CLL. The fixed duration cohort is one of the two cohorts of the Captivate study, which is the Phase 2 international study, which is made of two parts. One is uh, MRD part, where uh, the discontinuation of the therapy was based on the results of the MRD assessment. And, then, and the data has been presented already last year. This year we presented, uh, actually Dr. Alan uh, at EHA presented the data uh, from the fixed duration cohort where patients uh, with uh, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, 70 years old or younger, have been treated with uh, three months of ibrutinib as a lead-in phase, followed by a combination of ibrutinib plus venetoclax for 12 months. And at the end of the 12 months, all patients uh, stopped the treatment regardless of the MRD levels. 159 patients have been enrolled, and uh, uh, the primary endpoint uh, was met uh, um, with uh, uh, 56% of patients achieving complete responses. And the primary endpoint was indeed the percentage of complete responses in patients without deletion 17P. Though the study enrolled also patients with deletion 17P, the endpoint was based on patients without such a, a genetic lesion just to have numbers comparable with uh, uh, other studies where immunochemotherapy has been used. Besides the complete remission, uh, we know that uh, responses in general in CLL are probably not a relevant endpoint uh, overall. Um, it is interesting to look at the MRD, undetectable MRD, which was achieved in 77-76% uh, uh, of patients uh, respectively in the peripheral blood and in the bone marrow. And in particular, what is more interesting is the durability of the response because we have a progression-free survival, which is in the range of 95% for all patients with a two-year follow-up. So this is an interesting study that suggests that maybe with such a combination of two potent drugs in CLL, we do not need really to define and assess the MRD status in our patient before stopping the therapy maybe the, the combination with these two drugs is indeed achieving a response that can be lasting even in those patients who do not achieve undetectable MRD. Next, we are joined by Arnon Kader from the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands, who will talk us through updated data from the Phase 3 GLOW study of fixed-duration ibrutinib and venetoclax versus chlorambucil plus obinutuzumab for the frontline treatment of elderly or unfit patients with CLL. So the GLOW study is a phase 3 trial where standard chemoimmunotherapy, chlorambucilobinutuzumab, was compared with a combination of uh, fixed-duration venetoclax and abrutinib in elderly unfit patients. A short background is that abrutinib is a very active drug, uh, same is true for venetoclax, but both drugs as single agents uh, should be taken for very long periods of time before you can actually stop, you can actually not stop those drugs because you and then the disease will come back. And uh, with the combination of two, uh, those two drugs, you, we might be able to actually do stop uh, drug and to give patients very long-term, hopefully, uh, treatment-free holidays. Well, the reason that we think abrutinib and venetoclax are synergistic is that um, venetoclax is very much able to 
kill CLL cells in the peripheral blood, where they only depend on BCL2. Sinovinetoclax is a specific BCL2 inhibitor. But we also know that if cells uh, move to the lymph node environment because of uh, extensive communication within this microenvironment, those cells not only express BCL2, but also other anti-apoptotic molecules like MCL1, BCLXL, and BF1. And we know that abrutinib doesn't kill the cells, but it prevents the cells from going into this lymph node environment, and it creates an active egress of CLL cells from this microenvironment. So on theoretical grounds, you would expect a lot of synergy between those two agents. Well, there are already some trials, including our own Hoven trial in the related refractory setting, showing very good activity uh, of, those, of this combination. But uh, in the first line, the data are much more sparse. And on this EHA, there were data on the uh, called the Captivate study on young and fit patients. There's a phase two study, and the CLOSE study is a phase three study where abrutinib evanetoclax was given to elderly unfit patients and compared to chloramsorbinituzumab. If you look to the study population, it was indeed a very much elderly population with a high percentage older than 75 years, with a very high percentage of patients with extensive comorbidities, and so truly in an unfit population. And if you look to the primary endpoints, you see a, a, a very much improved progression-free survival with a hazard ratio of uh, 0.2, which is quite remarkable. Um, if you look to the different pre-specified subgroups, comorbidity versus non-comorbid, mutated versus unmutated, so all those things, actually in all subgroups, the study arm was the better arm. Other secondary endpoints were uh, complete remission rates, which were higher in the study arm. Levels of undetectable MRD were higher, or numbers of undetectable MRD, both in blood and in marrow. And also the durability of undetectable MRD uh, was longer in the study arm. And this all translated into a significant improved time to next treatments. If you look to toxicities, there were certain some toxicities. Uh, we know from abrutinib that there are certain toxicities more seen in, uh, with this drug, including cardiac events, infections. Uh, and indeed, it was true that it was also seen here in this trial. The, what you can also say is that there were no new side effects that emerged with this combination. It was all actually the, the, the known side effects that we know from the single drugs. So in the end, I think we have a very effective new combination therapy in CLL, which also is effective in elderly patients, which is an oral-oral once-daily uh, combination. Lastly, Jacqueline Barrientos of the Feinstein Institute for Medical Research in New York is going to share her views on the sequencing of targeted therapies for the treatment of CLL. It depends a lot on what was the initial therapy, right? So sequencing uh, at this moment will depend on what you select for first-line therapy. So let's say you start with a BTK inhibitor. Why did this patient stop taking the BTK inhibitor? Was it because the patient progressed on the drug? If you have a patient that had been treated with ibrutinib and it, the patient progressed, that patient could not be salvaged with acalabrutinib or sanabrutinib because um, usually the patient that progress on ibrutinib have the BTK mutation or the PLC gamma mutation, and there's no salvage therapy because they would uh, bind to the same area, so it wouldn't respond. Now, that type of patient could be salvaged with a drug, drug such as pirtobrutinib, which right now is only in clinical trials, but it has been shown to have efficacy in patients with a BTK mutation. So that's the drug that used to be called Loxo-305. If the patient has developed a progression on ibrutinib or calabrutinib, you have data that shows that um, venetoclast can be used for salvage. So that patient would be able to be salvaged with a drug such as venetoclast. 
um, we have prospective data. We have real-world evidence that that is a salvageable agent. If you stop the drug ibrutinib because you have tolerability issues, then you can use acalabrutinib. Or now with the data presented at IHA, sanabrutinib could be an option if sanabrutinib were to be approved in CLL. It's not yet approved for CLL. It's only been approved for another form of indolent lymphoma. Acalabrutinib is available in the United States for the use of um, in CLL patients. So it could be an easy drug to get accepted for use if you are intolerant to ibrutinib. You can also switch class, but in our experience in our clinical practice, what we do is we try to stick with that same pathway uh, for example, if the patient is no longer able to tolerate ibrutinib, I'll salvage the patient with acalabrutinib so that I can continue with the BTK inhibition and not deem this patient um, refractory to BTK inhibitors because they're not, they're just intolerant. And I can tell you, I've had a couple of my patients that um, in clinical practice um, develop severe, severe rashes with ibrutinib or severe arthralgias, and then I was able to give them acalabrutinib, but they're doing fine without any issues. Um, same with um, hyper Hypertension. Uh, hypertension has been shown to uh, be an issue that occurs over time, and so um, it might be difficult to control with a drug such as ibrutinib because you might need several um, uh, antihypertensives to control it, and then you can salvage it with acalabrutinib, and then it, you still have the hypertension, it's just that it's to a lesser degree and better controlled. For patients that have progression or tolerability issues, now, if the patient was on a clinical trial with like ibrutinib and venetoclax, and they stop and they uh, like you saw on the data from Captivate that was just presented by Paolo Guia at ASCO 2021 there are some emerging data that those patients that were in the treatment free time um, period and then they relapse when they were rechallenged um, with uh, ibrutinib they actually responded really well so in the future a combination treatment strategy where you have treatment free periods you could rechallenge in theory with the same agent um, and get the patient to respond again. Now, that was if you start with a BTK inhibitor. Now, let's say you start with a BCL2 inhibitor like Venetoclax. The drug is given over a period of time, right? If it's treatment naive, usually one year. If it's a relapse refractory, usually two years. So it depends on why you stopped. Did you stop because it was the treatment duration and it finished and then you relapsed? So then you can actually re-challenge that patient with Venetoclax again. And we have data now that shows that about three out of four patients will respond and they will be still in remission. So that's one way to treat the patient sequentially after Venetoclax um, progression. Now, if the patient progresses while taking Venetoclax, then that means that the patient is not responding. So you have to salvage them with a different agent and then I would select um, a BTK inhibitor for salvage. And there are data too that show that ibrutinib or you know, ibrutinib can be used to salvage patients that progress after venetoclax. If the patients are intolerant to venetoclax and they stop taking the drug, you could rechallenge it. The most common toxicity that I have seen in my clinic is neutropenia and that can be severe and cause infections. And so what you could do is rechallenge it and start it at a lower dose and keep it at a lower dose and never go back to the full target 400 milligram daily dose. The sequencing will all depend right now on what was the reason for discontinuation. So one uh, way to uh, select 
um, the next line therapy will be always looking at what happened with the patient. Was it tolerability issues? If that is the case, try to use an alternate drug or try rechallenging at a lower dose. If it's a progression, then, then you can switch to a different drug that has activity on that drug. And if it's because there was a treatment-free period, you could actually rechallenge or reintroduce the drug and the patient should, in the majority of cases, uh, respond again. So that's what we know so far. We're hoping to get more data. You know, all these new drugs just started um, to be in our in our hands over the last couple of years. So we're all learning, and um, you know, with more time, we will be um, better able to answer this question. But it's a tough question at this moment because we don't have, we haven't had much data to go on from for, to answer this particular question. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at VJHimong to join in the conversation, and you can also visit VJHimong.com for the latest updates in the field. Finally, be sure to subscribe to VJHimong podcasts, which are available on Spotify, Apple, and Podbean. See you next time!